Dedicated Followers of Fashion is proudly sponsored by Mod Shoes. Smart shoes for smart people. Shop their latest range by heading to modshoes.co.uk and also check out their clothing range, 66 Clothing, for knitwear, shirts, jackets and more. Dedicated Followers of Fashion, Episode 3. Movies with a nod to mod. Hello and welcome to Dedicated Followers of Fashion, the podcast where we talk about how clothes, movies and music are all related. I'm Tom Hoy, I'm a DJ and you may have heard me on my show GoGo Power on Totally White Radio. And you can find me on Instagram and YouTube by searching for Tom the Mod. Over to you Andy. Hi guys, I'm Andrew Lindsay. I own and run Mod Shoes and latterly 66 Clothing, which we've introduced this year and the last year. Um, I'm into the mod thing, love talking about it, as Simon will tell you. In a second, I've been doing it forever. So that's Mod Shoes and 66 Clothing. Simon? Yeah, hi everybody, it's uh, Simon again. Uh, I'm from Heritage Brands, so I'm a sales agent and I work for Gabici, Gibson, Guards London, uh, Real Hoxton, Tootle Scarves. Uh, I've got college scarves, das marker hats, and I've just picked up um, Royal Mare, which is a fisherman's jumper. Uh, so online would be Instagram. So it's heritage.brands.inc. And then it's Simon C. Par 6363. Brilliant. And remember, you can keep up to date with the show by listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and now Barrel House Radio. And you can also follow us on Instagram at dedicated followers of fashion. For this episode, we've chosen a film each we particularly think the style is great in, and it has a bit of a nod to mod about it. We'll start this week with Simon. What film have you chosen and why? Well, this week I have chosen uh, The Italian Job. Now, before I start on The Italian Job, can I firstly apologise for the last podcast where I got (laughs) Daphne Sherman's name wrong and I called her Nancy. I, I don't know what I was thinking. So apologies. I've got everything written down now, so hopefully I won't make the same mistake again. But um, yeah, so I've chosen the Italian job. The reason why, I remember going to see it at the cinema. Uh, I must have been about 13, 14. I used to go to the cinema religiously every Saturday and I'd watch anything, Convoy, Planet of the Apes, you name it. And um, and of course this came on and and from the opening titles where there's the the orange Lamborghini uh, Mura, which everyone thinks is a, a red Ferrari, but it's it's a Lamborghini. You know, from the from the opening titles, the minute it starts, I think it's Matt Munro singing "On um, Days Like These." Mm. Um, good singing voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I just thought, wow, what is this? You know, and um, and then I think they get everything right. You know, the cl- the cars, the clothes. I mean, the actors, the storyline. Um, you know, there's the scene in uh, England uh, in the in the graveyard where it's all dreary, but then they go over to Turin in Italy, and it, it's just the whole thing is is just so so well put together. Mm. So what I I really wanted to talk about, I mean, obviously the cars, you've got the E-type Jaguar, uh, the normal Aston Martin, the the Minis, you know that that goes without saying, but but the clothing. Um, uh, apparently it was uh, Dougie Hayward who was um, Michael Caine's tailor. Uh, he's the one who did all his suits. And and we talk about a nod to mod. You know, the first thing he does when he gets out of jail is he goes to see his tailor, you know, to get his, uh, you know, suits. 
And then he goes to uh, get the shirts and, and they're done by a company called Mr. Fish. And, and when you see that scene, he's actually in the, the Mr. Fish uh, showroom. And the guy, well, he says, do us a favour, love. Shorten the sleeves, I'm not a gorilla. Well, that guy who's uh, the sales assistant there is uh, Simon D, who was a DJ from Radio Caroline and, and had his own uh, TV programme. So, um, yeah, I just think, and I've got a lot of this from, there's a company called Mason and Sons. And so if you Google it, Mason and Sons, they've actually reproduced uh, Michael Caine's clothing. So they've done the suits, the jackets, and they've done the shirts and the ties, Mr. Fish shirts and ties. And these were flowered, uh, flowery shirts with matching ties. And I remember when I worked for Gibson London, I went to a, a trade show in Solihull. And uh, you know this one, Index, Andy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In- uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, and this is no word of a lie. I had on a Liberty print shirt, flowered shirt with a matching tie. And I had a black double-breasted velvet suit, which Terry Rawlings now owns, because <laughs> I think I either, <laughs> so- either sold it to him or gave it to him. Right. But yeah, so I had a flowered shirt and tie, uh, a black velvet suit at this trade show, men's trade show in Solihull, which was a bit sort of old fashioned. So God knows what they thought of me. But yeah, I thought I was, uh, I thought I was um, Michael Caine. There's lots but yeah, of- I just think a, a fantastic film. You know, I still watch it now. It's always Christmas time. They always rerun it. And the car chase, you know, the minis, uh, you know, it's just so stylish. Do you, do you think, Simon, that's what it is then? Does it does it mean things different things to us as, as we get older? or we're, As we're getting older, we like the clothes perhaps more, but when we were like 12, it's the car chase. Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, when you see it, I mean, I saw the cars and uh, I, I suppose I was aware of the clothes. Um, but, yeah, I suppose it's the exciting, it's the, you know, the bank robbery, the, the car chase. Another thing I want to talk about, uh, I mean, James Bond, the old James Bond, I think the reason why they were so exciting was because he was always being chased, whereas the new ones, Daniel Craig, is always chasing somebody else. And I always find it more exciting where you look at um, Roger Moore, he's on his skis and somebody's chasing him and he goes off the cliff and, and, and he parachutes down. You think, oh, he's escaped or he's in a Lotus Alain and he's being chased and then the Lotus Alain goes underwater. I have a theory about this, I think. And I think it's because there's been the merge of British and American cinema, whereas the American always has to be the winner. And I think less British films or pure British films are being made like the Italian job where, I don't know, it's the underdog that wins where the Americans don't necessarily like the underdog. So I think that yeah, what kind of what you're saying is just reverse, isn't it? Yeah, you look, at, you look at Sean Connery in the, the Aston Martin, and again, he's being chased, isn't he? He's not chasing someone, he is being chased. And I just yeah. think it's more exciting when somebody's being chased and they escape Yes. Than, than whether, you know, Daniel Craig's on a motorbike chasing someone. You don't yeah. really care if they catch the criminal. No, I agree. no, you're right. It's a fair point, Simon. We, we, I know Tom's going to talk about the James Bond in a minute, but we were watching that last night, and my grandson, who's five, was watching it, and he was loving... Like you've just said, is he going to get away? Is he going to get away? You know, yeah. and, he was, and he was more wound up about that. And he's five, so he's mm. on a different level. Do you, do, do you understand what I mean? You're quite right. That was That's a really astute point. Well done, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Andy. Thank you. Another well done also. I 
probably argue the Italian job is the most mod film there is. And I know there's going to be all them people that say Quadrophenia, but I'm with you, Simon. I genuinely think that there's so many subtle hints in there that it, this is a mod film, aside from well, the I, red, I, white, I, blue. I'm, I mean, I have loads of theories. You know, you love my theories. <laughs> but I think, I think a mod carefully thinks about his mode of transport i mean we yeah. all have to get from a to b don't we you know but they think about whether it's a lambretta or a vespa or a mini you know an aston martin they and they think about the shoes that they're going to wear the clothes that they're going to wear you know it's carefully thought about you know that that's the difference so the, the thing i love that you know he goes into you know the first thing gets out of prison goes to his tailor, goes to the guy who makes his shirts, uh, you know, and he walks out and he looks absolutely immaculate. And the bit in the uh, Turin airport where they're all supposed to be undercover. I mean, Camp Freddy stands there in a pink velvet suit. <laughs> you know, they're, they're all undercover. They're English. They're supposed to be. And then there's Michael Caine in the airport with a, a cream linen suit. You know, he stands out a mile off. Talking about undercover, the bit I find really funny is where... Uh, is I think Camp Freddy's in the piazza on like the tape to Mr. Bridger and he's saying how the plan's going to work and there's the, <laughs> the mafia leader in the background but he comes right up to the camera with a newspaper as if like oh I'm undercover as well and it's like oh that's the bad guy then that's who yeah, we're up yeah. against <laughs> so obvious I know. it's so obvious it's, isn't it yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's really Jason Brummel made the point that uh, and I'm going to controversial one when we did this on the talked about this on Mod Shoes Live in, in last year he said and, I, and I'll sort of quote him. He said, if mods of today spent a little bit more time watching the Italian job rather than Quadrophenia, we'd all be a bit tired yeah. here. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, there's, there, is there a bad outfit in the Italian job? I mean, I, I just, when you think about it, even with the crowds, you know, they all look magnificent. You know, it's all... Even the football scarves are cool, I think. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think. Well, even a, a Noel Coward. I mean, he's got a dressing gown. He's in prison, but he's yeah, he's not yeah. wearing prison clothes. He's got, and that was made by Mr. Fish as well. It was a, a dressing gown that you know, and he looks very elegant. And uh, you know, he's in prison. So yeah, so his prison wear is cool as well, isn't it? It's like, it's oh like, yeah, really cool. Yeah. yeah, workwear. Yeah, I mean, I, apparently the um, the ticking stripe shirts. Um, someone was telling me that they used to wear in prisons. People used to nick them and wear them, you know, clubbing in the 90s or 80s mm. and 90s. These, you know, very workwear, ticking stripe, you know, really cool. I don't know what they wear now, obviously. Solomon, <laughs> <laughs> you say about clothes. I mean, I'm I'm just reading the, the Beatles tune-in book and um, it's really in-depth. It's ridiculous and I won't bore you. But basically, they've, they've done the family lines of John Lennon and all of the Beatles right back to their great-great-great-grandfathers. And if you look, if you look into that, when they, um, they they mention clothes in that, because the Beatles were obviously very up on their clothes and stuff, and they say about that the idea was that clothes still make of the man. It seems to, to me, in the last 30 years, we've lost that. Do, do you mm. understand what I'm trying to say? I think yeah, yeah, yeah. Possibly black culture in America with the hip-hop guys, they're still clothes are yeah. empowering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I yeah. don't think here, I don't think... When you think about somebody smart now, whereas what Kane was trying to do is, Kane was trying to imply that he'd he'd come out of jail, but he hadn't been out of jail, and he needed to establish that he'd only just been away doing something for a little while, and he needed mm. to as current as he could, so people believed. Oh yeah, when yeah. he picks his car up, he picks his car up in the garage, and it's been there for months, and and the guy said, "Oh, I'm ever so sorry." He said, "It's it's two hundred and fifty pounds," and he said, "Yeah, no, that's fine." He said, "I've been away." 
<laughs> and he says he's been away, you know, in Africa or something. Shooting on tigers. Shooting yeah. tigers. Yes, I used a machine gun. You know, <laughs> and it, it's hilarious. But and, and did you did you know that <laughs> it, you, you won't see him driving any of the cars? And the reason why is because he hadn't passed his test and couldn't drive a car. Isn't oh, that really? crazy? Wow. Yes, I know. I know. Yeah. Oh, because he's in the passenger seat in the Mini, isn't he? He's not the... Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And even even the Aston Martin, you never see him driving the Aston Martin because apparently at, at the time he hadn't passed his test, he couldn't couldn't drive. Wow. Crazy. Well, is that, is that the bit, the great bit then when she picks him up and she's in the... Oh, who is it? Oh, the Ambassador's... Uh, Pakistani Ambassador's car, is the, yeah. <laughs> the Pakistani's Ambassador's car. He puts the hat on, and he's got the flags. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I see. It's hilarious. I've been out of jail for two weeks, and he's sitting there flagging the flags like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like proper. I know, I know. It's funny. Yeah. And then, and then he goes to the hotel, and uh, and then in the morning he comes back on a milk float, the back of a yeah, milk yeah. float. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. So yeah, that was that's my. Um, I hope I haven't got any of the names wrong this time. You know I me. Mean? I'm trying to think. It's like clothes wise, it's it's perfect. I think even the racing outfits, when the the guys who drive the minis have matching outfits, don't they? For the red, yeah, white, and blue, yeah, with Converse All Star boots on. Yeah, 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 they just look fab. I mean, everything's been fought through. I mean, I, mm. yeah, I wonder if they tried to do it in Ford Anglias, would it have worked quite so well? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the um, the the Italians tried to get them to use Fiat Five Hundreds. Yes, uh, which which would have been a completely different uh, uh, movie, but I mean they would have worked because they're tiny little cars and they would have gone under the sewers. But there is that no, brilliant they... scene though, isn't there, where uh, three Fiat Five Hundreds that look kind of like the Minis get pulled over because they think it's them. Yeah, oh, yeah, right, yeah. Okay. yeah. Oh, very funny. Yeah, yeah. That... Have you? And there's you... a deleted. There is a deleted scene where they do some ice skating. They, they they're being chased and they find themselves on this skating ring and and they do this sort of dance in the minis. But they took that out. They said it slowed the film down. You know, the car chase, it suddenly slows down and then mm. picks up again. But, yeah, easily. I've watched that scene. I've, I've got the one with the, I think, two documentaries. You can watch it. I think I've got the same, yeah. You know, the script where they talk about it, as they, whatever they call the thing. But, uh, um, yeah, and they say about that, it does, if you do watch it, Simon, I imagine it would mess up the pace. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Yeah, def definitely, definitely, definitely. But, but yeah. any other clothes that you particular highlights from it, Simon? Anything you saw? Oh, man, I love the, the flowered shirts and ties. Like I say, you can actually buy all these on Mason & Son. So they've reproduced the, the shirts and ties, the suits. Um, I did like his uh, black double-breasted suit uh, mm. with a white shirt, white tie. Um, I remember I, I had one made. I used to work for Next, and uh, when you did made to measure, you could have a free made to measure suit. So of course, I had a black double-breasted uh, suit with red lining. I think I put my name in it, and uh, and I wore a white shirt and white tie when I worked for Next. Okay, of course. I just think in conclusion, it's it's uh, everything about it. You know, the acting, the storyline, the clothes, the cars. Yeah, and the music, Quincy Jones, he did the music, yeah. mm. you know, so, you know, that, that, and the ending, brilliant ending, you know, you think, oh my God, how's, how's it all going to work out? Because they were going to make another one, but they never did in the end, did they? Well, I must admit, I wouldn't go to, I watched it for the first time. I think they'd shown it on either ITV and mum let me stay up late, mum and my, my sister and me and my dad, and we watched it and I think it must have been on ITV because they had the news in between and then we had to, and then we watched it after that. 
or was it? It might have been. I can't remember. But I remember going into the place, the the, the playground the next day, and everybody, but everybody, talking about it. You know, and yeah. Yeah. so I would have been perhaps only ten years old, and at ten years old, it was fantastic, and and almost certainly the reason why I've owned, I think, five minis in my time. I've had five minis, and I had a mini. Even one of the modern Mini Coopers was just just because of that legacy. You know, yeah. mm. advert for minis, you know. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and can you believe Mini didn't even want them to, you know, have free cars? They had to buy all the cars. Yeah. I dread <laughs> to think how many they used because they smashed them all up. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, when <laughs> I – my mum had a, a white H-Reg Mini, which looked very much like the ones in there. And, and that was my first car. I learned to drive in it. And, you know, uh, I loved it. Absolutely loved yeah. it. I'd say that's genuinely the reason I'm into mod too. I think I started with that, and from that you backtrack, don't you? And I, just sixty cinema from that film, especially British cinema. I think that is such a. I don't know. It doesn't get enough credit as being what it is. No. I think definitely. Oh not. no, no. I mean, you, Alfie, and, and Alfie before that. You know, that's a that's a yeah. cool film. And then obviously later on, Get Carter. You know, we spoke about that before. Yeah, but Michael King. Is it, isn't that the thing, you know, like I'm, the film I'm going to go on to talk about, you know, re, it reignited or made people, like Quadrophenia did, you know, it made people think, you know, I, I fancy a bit of that. And mm. and I must be, I mean, we, we did Land's Head to John O'Croats in an old mini, me and my mate Keith, and that was hard work. I mean, you know, a mini's good fun. And I suspect mm. perhaps why it works is because, you know, after I had my scooters when I was in my, to my early 20s, there was no way on earth I was going to get a, anything other than a mini. It was just, it was just had to be a mini, mm. you know, and it just kind of, and I remember driving that thing and having the best fun. But I also think, Simon, in the 60s, I think it, when you talk to them, they, they say they had scooters. And if you look at the pictures of the lads sitting outside their houses on their, you know, their Lambrettas, there's no cars. No. You know I mean? so, no. But they all say... Even Del Boy mentions it in the, 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 the Rock and Roll Chips one. He said he wanted to get rid of the scooter because he wanted a, a mini so he could get a girl in it so he could f show off and be a flash mould in it. Do, do yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. We, we spoke about this, didn't we, Andy? I mean, obviously, your next film is set in America. And, yeah. and I was saying after the war, the Americans bounced back so, so quickly where in England... All we could afford was a scooter or, or, you know, or a motorbike where they were driving around in Cadillacs and hot rods. Yeah. You know, when they were like 16, 17, 18, they, they all went to drive in movies and diners in a, in a hot rod where we were going to a horrible old greasy spoon or a cafe on a Lambretta. It's freezing cold. And, you know, yeah, exactly. that, that's just the way it was. And I, yeah. like you say, I think that's all they could afford. And then when they could afford it, they passed the test and they, they bought a mini, you know, yeah. and then they could take a girlfriend out. She wasn't going to get cold, and her hair wasn't going to get all wet. Well, do you do you also think it's possibly a little bit of an extension of if you was a teenager, you couldn't afford to live anywhere. So how, without being, how should I put this? You could live with your mum and dad. Well, no, yeah, well, it's that, and you could court in a car, couldn't you? Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> how <laughs> rude! <laughs> I'm just a child. What are you on about? There's children <laughs> listening to this. No child is ever going to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> Unless their dad has it or mum has it on. I know what you mean, though, Andy. I mean, I had a mini and uh, I, I did a bit of courting in my mini, I have to say. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> yes. It's not the easiest thing, is it, Simon? Uh, no. So, 
because it, 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 we're following on the the car theme. Um, whether it's a particularly mod film is or not is it? It's, it's not kind of why I'm talking about it. Why I'm talking about American Graffiti is to me American Graffiti. I would have watched about when I was about eleven years old, and I think what I again it was aspirational. Again, like you were saying with Quadrophenia and Bits and Pieces, there was lots in it that you sort of thought, I'd like that life. So I might have watched Quadrophenia and think, yeah, scooters and mods and this is cool, I like that. But American Graffiti kind of resonated with me, but you you can't, you can wear some of those clothes, but they don't work here. Do, do, do you understand what I'm trying to say? It's it's a much more, you know, warm location and stuff. But anyway, let me just do, there's one thing I do want to say before I get into this. I do think for our viewers that have never seen American Graffiti, they need this. It's set in California, 1962. The film is a study of cruising and early rock and roll cultures, popular among uh, the film directors George Lucas's age at the time. Through a series of vignettes, the film tells the story of a group of teenagers and their adventures over the course of a single night. And that's why I liked it, because at the time when I first saw it, like Quadrophenia, it's telling you about something about you when you're watching it it's not not i'm not i'm 52 now and i watch it and it's fun but i wasn't much older than the people in it when i well i was probably the same age as the people in it when i watched it for the first time just does that make sense yeah and, yeah yeah, uh, yeah. Same, yeah same with quadrophenia when i watched it, it it was people of my age when i watched it doing house parties riding around on a scooter you know so i could relate to it so yeah yeah to totally and so bits I like about it, um, there's loads of bits I like of it, and I have got some of those written down, and we can discuss. <laughs> <laughs> there, there is a Vespa in it, isn't there, Andy? Yeah, there is, yes. And that guy gets too much stick for having the Vespa. I'd like I know, to he's, the coolest, he's the yeah. coolest bloke, isn't it? Yeah. Goes back to your theory of the geek, Simon. Hollywood geek. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree. He went on to play um, Buddy Holly's uh, bassist in the Buddy Holly story, didn't he? Ah, I can yeah. see that. That's good casting. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, why I like it, the first thing I like about it, and probably the thing that resonates with me today, is the tartan Madras button-downs. Mm. Oh, they're just everywhere, aren't they? Rich, uh, Richie Cunningham, Ronnie, Ron Howard um, has, has a nice blue one on, but Richard Dreyfuss's character, where he's wearing that, that is, oh. I remember I where he was like, With the, the chinos, the white T-shirt chinos, Basswegians, they just look so cool, yeah. and they go to the the hop, don't they? The the, yeah. the high school dance. They're just so cool, brilliant. Yeah. It was one of the ones I was talking to you about, Andy. In that scene where they're in the in the bathroom, I think it's at the high school, and there's the, the, there's just a lad on the end. I think he's an extra, but his shirt is it's absolutely spot on. The attention to detail. It's not just the main characters, is it? Everyone just looks immaculate. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, what's it, what I find interesting about that is that film was shot in 73, so it's only about 10 or 15 years, in the same way that Quadrophenia was only 10 or 15 years. You know, I don't know that we would do that now. We need, like, 30 years before we'll do something now. We we yeah. can't do something, you know, that was only, like, arguably five years previous. Does mm. that make sense? And I think a lot of the time now, things end up over-stylised, don't they? Whereas that, that could just be a camera filming, like a documentary that time where I think if something's on BBC now or something like that, it has the tendency to, I don't know, or you can tell they're wearing costume as opposed to, they're wearing the know, clothes I mean, as opposed I, to the clothes wearing them. 
Yeah, I spoke about the Queen's Gambit, which I thought was very good, but it's mm. very stylized, isn't it? Yeah. Very, very. And also Nurse Ratchet. Again, I loved it, but very, very stylized. You know, incredible. You could, like you say, you could tell it's all costumes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, and, and some of the guys in it, I mean, they were young, but you get the impression they probably had older brothers who would live through that. Do, 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 do you see what I mean? I think, I think there's, that's pretty good. What else? There's loads. Um, apparently, um, it's more... What I also love about the film is they're just dossing about. You know, it's telling, do you know what I mean? It's telling, it's, because when you're a teenager, you know, it's, you know, yeah, oh, we had loads to do, we did this, we did that, and you sort of, you do, but most of it is just hanging around, isn't it? You, you, you Like you say about the market square in Ely. Yeah, you know, well, you know. we, we just used to drive around and sit in the market square and, and just chat to each other. And, and again, you know, American Graffiti, they're just riding up and down the strip and then every now and again, they'd have a drag race with someone or, or some yeah. girls would go past and they'd have a chat. And, you know, it's, yeah, like you say, it's a Saturday night or a Friday night. They haven't got anything to do. You're just riding around. Yeah, I'm going to put Ely in the tags for this episode. So if people search Ely, E-L-Y. Everybody thinks it's Ealing. No, it's Ely near Cambridge. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's um, that. I think for me, um, again, um, a big a, there's loads of cars in it. Um, again, I this 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 is a point I wanted to get across. Pete Townsend and a lot of the guys that when they talked about the British invasion, and they were around in the sixties, they said we all wanted to get to America, even the Beatles and everyone. They wanted to see where it come from, and it, and we spoke about this in previous episodes where. And, and then I'm going to, you know, I've got a bit of a thing about the Beach Boys at the moment. I was asking my mum about that. And I said, did the Beach Boys sound different? Do, 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 do you know what I mean? So when you hear it, it's American music. They can say the word baby in a song and it doesn't sound daft. The Yardbirds do it and it just sounds dreadful. Well, it's not dreadful, but it doesn't. Work. Do you think that's perhaps like a, a grass is greener type thing, though, where Americans are maybe, although I guess, British people, we are very self-deprecating, aren't we? Where we yeah. look at what we're saying and doing and analyze it too much. Where Americans have that kind of carefree attitude, where they don't. I know this is very much stereotypical, but they don't care what they say or do. No, mm. no, it's, it's true. But um, well, you look at what the the Beach Boys are singing about, and um, it's surfing and, and it's women and hot rods, and and when we when we sing, we sing about I hope I die before I get old. You know, yeah. it's yeah. it's yeah. A bit different. <laughs> Very true. But but again, um, what, where I was going with that is is I think for, for American Graffiti and and the Beach Boys and all of that sort of stuff and all those British bands were saying is that yes we live here and we kind of put up with that. But they the dream was to go and live somewhere nicer or go and see at least have a look at it. And I I kind of have this view about this about the mod thing. I I know that a lot of people say it's a very British thing, but I always think it's a very British thing where it pulls. From other things and brings it together. Do, do you see where I'm going with this? I guess yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It, the war had just finished, hadn't it? And we were rebuilding, so we were taking the best bits from all the different countries around us. I guess. Yes. It's like continentalism yeah. that we were talking about from last episode. Yeah, the, it? You ride Italian scooters, Vespas and Lambrettas. You know, you had the uh, the French style clothing, the American style Ivy League clothing. Uh, so yeah, we we just grabbed loads of bits, listened to American music. Tamla Motown, you know, Soul. So, yeah, yeah. And I think that's what, what I like about it. I think one of the things I love about it is, is that, 
You know, it's 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 you can even though it's shot at night, you know it's warm. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I kind of I really like that. I kind of like that idea of being able to hang out because we get to do that so rarely in this country. You know, mm-hmm. when when I've been to Lake Garda with, with Nikki, and we, we we were sat on the side, we went on a lovely boat, and I, I a bit of me believe that if you're kind of getting into the mod thing and stuff like that, yes, it's kind of fun to drive around in a scooter and go dancing, but really. My dream now, you know what I mean, would be to be in Lake Guard or somewhere warm and doing kind mm. of cool things. Mm. Whereas I always get the impression, <laughs> small town, you're like you're saying something, you're, you're riding around dossing about, but it's not quite as exclusive as no. <laughs> you know has been. And that whole film, I mean, if you think about it from beginning to end, that's just one night. I mean, I don't know what time they meet, probably six o'clock, but they go all the way through to when the the sun. Is, is coming up they have the drag race right at the end and and nobody's gone to bed nobody's gone to sleep you know no. they've just it's gone just one story straight isn't it yeah yeah it was done in 1973 as well which uh was just before greece but you can see where greece nicked all their ideas oh right? definitely yeah there's i've got some other fun sort of stuff that um i picked up i mean really i'd implore everybody who's listening to the podcast go and have a look at the wikipedia of it it's such a story. I mean, George Lucas, Lucas it was his second film before going on to do Star Wars, you know, uh, arguably the biggest film ever, you know, or biggest films ever. Um, it's got uh, Richard Dreyfus as a very, you know, Ron Howard, who obviously played Richard Cunningham and went on to do lots of stuff. It's just full of stuff. But the one thing I, I, that it did first, or it might have been one and a half times, you know, after, it was the first film to ever use music old music as its soundtrack it, there's no incidental music in it if you notice no i, I mean i think it's music from start to finish isn't there it's almost like a, a radio just you know wolf band jack it just That's just carries on the whole way through yeah he apparently that cost them a lot of their budget and so they they did a deal and apparently the the, the wolfman bit that uh, um when they do the tape bit that's actually true because the bits you hear in the car are from the 1950s when he was younger and they're old radio tapes and they george lucas wanted to take those bits that he remembers listening to and play them through the film and that's why apparently the the bits he was listening to or the songs dictated that that scene does that make sense and so yeah 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 he worked it's like can you it's like you know 300 pop movies does, does that all pop, pop videos? Do, do you see they, they, they've done a bit of that in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, you know, Quentin Tarantino, because mm. I, I got the, the album and it is just like listening to a, a radio station because it has adverts in between the whole thing. So, you yeah, know, adverts I think are the best the, bit as well, aren't they? I oh, it's brilliant. I think, yeah. the, I think there's music all the way through the film. Again. I may have stole a couple for Go Go Power, but. It's not, <laughs> not plagiarism, it's fine. It's influence. <laughs> but like, so for me, so me is it like a classic mod film no because it's got all the rock and roll imagery and all of the stuff and i'll argue to i'm blue in the face that we all those original mod guys were pulling from all over the place and no they wouldn't have seen american graffiti but they would have seen elvis and imagery and all that sort of stuff throughout it do, do, do you do hmm. kind of well I'm, I'm just looking i'm just looking at your top i know our, our listeners can't see you but but your top wouldn't look out of place. Uh, it's, so it's oh, a yeah. knitted polo. It's a knitted po- polo with stripes and a, a long collar. And uh, that wouldn't look out of place in American graffiti. But it wouldn't look out of place in Quadrophenia. Correct. Hmm. Yeah. And, and that's that's the point, Simon. I think 
just talking shop for two seconds, that's where I want to take my business because I believe that, it, that, that, that I hate to hear, oh, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it because the mod thing is a much broader church. Yeah. Oh, he said the broader <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. Have you seen that John Simons have recreated uh, one of the Beach Boys outfits? Is that, um, I? I, don't, I don't know the Beach Boys amazingly well to say what album it's from or whatever, but there's a shot where they're on the beach, obviously, and they're wearing kind of like a blue checked uh, Revere oh, collar. Pendleton. He, he he knows more about this than I do. Right. So they've all got them in the chinos and I think maybe like a pair of brown loafers. But John Simons have redone that and it just looks, it's so timeless. It's really cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I hadn't seen the picture, but uh, I can imagine, you know, it's that like East the top Coast you've Ivy. got on. Yeah, you, the top you've got on there, young, young Tom. Young I think Tom. It might be. Is it is it a Gabici there? It is but, a Gabici, Simon. Yes. yes. <laughs> How did you but know? Again, you know, it's it's a, a knitted polo top that um, you know it's contemporary. You could you can wear it mod. You can wear it almost fifties if you like. So you know it crosses across all, uh, all genres Simon. really. It does, Simon. And I think what I find intriguing about this kind of this mod thing, you know, we get some clever dicks, shall we say come on our Facebook and say, that's not mod, you know, and why is that thing, young man? And, and they'll say, well, because Steve Marriott didn't wear it in 1965, and then I go, you know, I sort of yawn. And and I kind of, I think to myself, Eddie, when Eddie said that broad church thing, you know, reality is, I think, and most of us or a lot of people are into this, the kind of the mod thing, you know, we're not just into kind of listening to the small faces and nothing else. It's just that would mm. be ridiculous. I mean, I've got a record collection that's right from the ink spots right up to Black Midi, which are out like last year, or Michael Kuanuki, whatever you know his name is. Mm. And I think there's a lot. Why not embrace all of the good stuff? Because why not? You know what I mean? Mm. And and I don't think those guys in the six the fifties who were doing it for the first time would have been so very no. narrow. I and think. they weren't like, oh, listen to this new mod record. They'd be like, what's a mod record? Yeah, it's mm. not. A, yeah. I know what yeah, you mean. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Anyway, let's move on because because uh, I think we will get stuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the film I'm going to talk about is on Her Majesty's Secret Service, which was George Lazenby's uh, first and last outing as James Bond, and he's not my favourite James Bond by any means, but I think he gets quite a lot of bad press that he doesn't deserve, and I don't think he's by any means also like the worst James Bond either. I think. Had he done more films, Roger Moore's even quoted as saying this, if he had done more films, Roger Moore may not have even got to play Bond because I just think he has such a, a cool style like Sean Connery and you can and he followed on from him so, so well. Before I yeah, I'm, so, into... I'm so pleased that you've chosen that, actually, because I think that's one of my favourite uh, Bond films. I oh, think me it's too. Such, such a cool, you know, it's such a cool film. I'll talk about a bit about how he became James Bond because I think that's pretty interesting. So he originally went to, he took a date to uh, watch Dr. No. And he said that the girl was more interested in Sean Connery than he was him. And he came out and then he just became obsessed with Sean Connery. He went to Sean Connery's tailor on Savile Row and uh, got a suit that Sean Connery didn't want. Got the same watch, which is Rolex and all the rest of it. And just tried to emulate his lifestyle. And there was one day that he found out where the Bond producers were based in their, like their offices in Soho or whatever. And he went in, went to the secretary and said, oh, I've got a meeting with, it could be Cubby Broccoli. I might've got that wrong, but it could be Cubby Broccoli. And um, the secretary was like, no, he's busy. You haven't got a meeting with him. You're not going in. 
And when she turned his, when she turned her head, he shot behind her and went up to the office and walked in and said, I heard you're looking for James Bond. And the guy was like, who are you? And he was like, oh, I'm here to audition. And he was like, I haven't got any auditions lined up. And apparently the guy was on the phone at the same time. So he's just like, look, what, what other films have you done? And he was like, thinking on his feet, said, oh, uh, uh, Russian films, you won't have seen me. I've only done films in Russia. And he was like, right, okay. Um, I'm just trying to get rid of him. He said, come again next week. We've got the director here. We'll uh, test you on, on tape. So he came back. And this director said to him, what other films have you been in? I've never heard of you. And he apparently just bottled it and went, look, I'm not an actor. I'm out of my depth here. And the director was like, well, you're not an actor. You've just fooled the most ruthless man in show business. I'll make you James Bond. So it's just such a cool story. And I, if you listen to interviews with him now, he's such an interesting guy. Just the fact that he went from being just a regular guy on the street. He was a model, but a regular guy on the street had no kind of affiliation with acting whatsoever and landed the biggest role in cinema of that, and especially when Sean Connery just stepped down from it. And it's such a brilliant film in so many levels. There's so many bold moves in that film. Like for instance, the opening sequence doesn't have any vocals on the song. They opted for just a, a John Barry instrumental, which I think is probably one of the best Bond themes there is. Uh, the style of the film is absolutely spot on and it's almost like they were like, well, if we want to make the best Bond film ever, what can we add into it? There's the Aston Martin, Ski Chase, Diana Riggs even in the film, which is obviously she's spy royalty. If you like, there's so many good things about that film. And how, yeah. how shocking right at the end. I mean, anyone who hasn't seen yeah, it, yeah. I mean, they get married and then, um, you know, she gets shot. And yeah. that was really shocking to see that. I was like, wow. And it shows expect. what such a good actor he was. Apparently when they did that scene, he cried. And then the director stopped the take and said, Bond doesn't cry, do it again. But Really? Yeah, apparently. And for someone that can't act, I just, mm. I, he's an amazing actor. Yeah, mm. I, I don't think they could make a film like that because he does have quite a few relationships with quite a few women. You know, yes, <laughs> he's a bit of a lad. And there's so, one uh, too many innuendos in the film that are a bit like uh, it's just a cheap <laughs> kind of line thrown in. I, I, right at the start, Tom, because I, I watched it properly. I've, I've seen this. I'm ashamed to say that I've seen it as bits yeah. through the years. And last night, my, my, my stepson Luke's got the, all of the, the 20 box set things. We sat and watched it from start to end. And I love the bit at the start where he says, uh, that wouldn't have happened to the other guy. Well, there's a, there's a cool story <laughs> about that. Line. That line actually was, he kept saying it on set, messing about, because he was like, oh, Sean Connery wouldn't be treated like this. This never happened to the other fella. And then when they were on the beach that day filming that, the director just pointed the camera at him and said, say that line you always say. And he was like, what line? And he was like, oh, this never happened to the other fella. And they just caught it on there and you put it in the edit. But yeah, yeah. They, I don't know. There's, it's, I think that film is a really good, almost like an accident that I don't know. For anyone that loves James Bond, they should definitely give that uh, its time because it's, it's a brilliant it's a film. Accident. It's a good accident. Do you, at the start of American Graffiti, where, sorry to remind me, no. where he crashes that Vesper at the start of American Graffiti, apparently that was an accident. Oh, so wow. about so they kept it in, which because it's funny, isn't it? You know, mm -hmm. they're kind of they're good, they're good bits. But carry on, Tom. Carry on. But yeah, no, I was just going to say it's um, an underrated film, and I think it's almost the most Bond film there is. It's just missing the laser beam from Gold Goldfinger. If it had that, I think it might be the most James Bond James Bond film. If that makes sense. Yep. Mm. Yeah, I think I, I think the very first one. I think that's quite dark, isn't it? You yeah, know. Yeah. 
you know, when, he, when he's waiting for the guy and he shoots him in the back, you know, the, the, that's quite dark. And then they they start to get a bit lighthearted, don't they? And then by the time you get to Roger Moore, it's almost like a comedy, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's like carry on but, films. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, I agree with you. I think that's, it is, uh, it's a shame he didn't carry on. I, I think he took himself a bit too seriously, didn't he? And, he and, did. I think he turned into a hippie and they didn't want that and... All sorts, but he he wanted as well. He tried to push the producers to put actual music in the film. He said he wanted the Beatles to do the soundtrack, and they were like, "Well, no, James Bond has to be an orchestra and all the rest of it." And he wanted like pop hits from that era in the film. But oh, that been that would have been brave, wouldn't it? I mean, apparently, Tarantino wanted to do that as well recently. I think he put himself forward saying, "I want to direct the Bond film." And just humouring him, people, like they asked him, well, what would you do? And he was like, shoot it in black and white. <laughs> <laughs> Set it in 1962 and bring back uh, Pierce Brosnan. And they said, Pierce Morgan, man, that'd be a different film. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Pierce Brosnan, so funny. But yeah. Hmm. Well, I, again, I think all, all three films have a, a common denominator, which is clothing mm. and, uh, and cars. You know, obviously the James Bond cars. Yeah, the yeah. cars in American Graffiti and the cars in um, the Italian Job, and again, the attention to detail in, in the clothing because uh, yeah. George Lazenby he, he does look cool in it, doesn't he? There's a scene where his style is spot on. He's wearing like a bomber jacket and a mock neck jumper, and I think it just looks so contemporary of that era. And I don't know, it, I dress like is that, that now. when he's skiing. Yeah, it's. I yeah, think he's imagine uh, now when they're skiing, they've got these massive puffer jackets on, and, and you yeah. know, it's just. <laughs> He's just got like a roll neck and a, a little monkey jacket on oh, The only thing that's bad about the film, style-wise, is when he has to wear a kilt. That's just, that's not James Bond, is it? It's a disguise, obviously, well, but yeah, yeah, full-on yeah. Scottish. I tell, you, I tell you where to watch again, if you watch it. When they go to the, the Spanish bit, where he's going to meet, it's like he's being formally introduced to Diana Rigg, isn't he? And, that's and, right, yeah, her, her dad or something, is it? You look behind him. There's three uh, three guys. One's wearing is it that seersucker, and he's wearing mm. a red shirt. And there's like three of them just standing. Uh, we had to pause it. That was last night, and I was like, "Look at them!" <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the three blokes. You know, but all of the all of the party that party are all kind of dressed up really well. The women look amazing. The amount of women I see on Instagram these days that wear our shoes, which is fine. I love it. But they've all got that look, mm. you know, mm. and it's so good. There's not one person with anything where you've, like, like those ridiculous dog collars, like, you know, you, you know what I'm trying to say, some of the beagle collars as they call everybody, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody looks really, and even one of the baddies has got an orange button down on, which is in very early on. And it's an mm. orange button down. I mean, mm. I haven't even got one. Well, I have got a button down, but I had to. Me and Tom it. have, haven't we, Tom? We have. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, you've rival got a company. nice orange button, but, uh, but, but I've uh, got a proper deep one. No. Uh, <laughs> there is there is actually a, a deleted scene from the Italian job where he's wearing a, a an orange uh, Mr. Fish shirt, and mm. it looks amazing, but unfortunately, it doesn't appear in the film. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Another, so another series, I. Oh, uh, film I nearly spoke about was The Man From Uncle because I think mm. that's at the same time as kind of On A Majesty's Secret Service and I think the Bond film then was kind of at the height of the spy kind of phase and America copied it didn't they with Man From Uncle but they yeah. got George Lazenby in the in uh, the series later on it could have even been the film I can't remember but mm. yeah yeah I've, as yeah. a film um, when we watched it last night it held the interest of my, my five year old grandson which I previously mentioned but it's quite a lot of story 
But yeah. then when the when the kind of the start, you know, the the chase, like Simon was saying, starts, he was captivated. My little mm-hmm. grandson was just sitting there watching it and loving it. And it is, I think that's the chase because we we're, we're going to try and do something at Modules of talk about chases, and um, and I the chase is brilliant because it sort of goes on. Then it stops because something else happens, and then they carry on doing more skiing. Yeah, and you think, wow, look! I like, at- I like the um, the he chases them in a toboggan. Well, you're only going to end up in the same place. Yeah, <laughs> you can't go anywhere else. Yeah, exactly. What's the, what's the point of that? <laughs> it's, it's like, why not? Yeah. Blofeld's lair in the film that is base you can go to now, and it's actually a James Bond museum. I would <laughs> absolutely love to go there, but they used it as well in Spectre like, as a little nod. Oh, to, uh, did, yeah. Did, did you ever go to the the Bond car? Um, I did in the West End. So did, yeah, well, I, yeah. it was just around the corner from John Simon's old shop, and I took my son, and, and we walked in, and and upstairs it was small, and there was a few uh, pencil drawings of the cars, and I thought, well, this is rubbish, you know. And then I looked downstairs, and there was the the Bentley from mm. um, Goldfinger. And I was like, oh, my God. And you went downstairs and it literally had every single car that was ever in a Bond. They had was... the gyrocopter Little Nelly, didn't they? As yeah, well, yeah, they had the lot. And they had the fiberglass Lotus of Lands that went underwater. Mm. You know, they, they had every single, even the, the car that did the loop, the loop um, in Man with the Golden Gun, I think it was. But, yeah, it was it was brilliant to, to mm. actually have all the Bond cars in one place. Oh, yeah. I, could, I couldn't believe it. It was incredible. Yeah. So if, if ever they do it again, if ever we can get, get out of this, then uh, I'd thoroughly recommend it. Hopefully they'll tour it or something like that. That'd be quite good. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was good. I'm trying to think what else was good in the film. There's loads of good bits in the film. You know, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think. Oh, one thing, because we're meant to be a fashion show or whatever as well. And I, I think what's interesting is the lady that he first seduces when he goes to the, the layer, she's got tight, curly, almost permed hair. And that wouldn't have been. That's oh, she's meant to be from Manchester or something, isn't she? Yes. Yeah. Morecambe. Yeah. I, yeah. Morecambe, yeah, she's Morecambe. That's it. Yeah. 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 And that's hilarious because that haircut is so that year. Do, 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 yeah. do, do, do you know what I mean? And it's such a, a kind. Of, that's what's lovely about James Bond. It's they literally can just be. Oh yeah, definitely. Time capsules as well, you know. And yeah. One thing I wanted to know: Do you even view pair no? Is James Bond meant to be Oxbridge educated? He's Oxford, yeah, yeah. And this is really sad. I feel like a proper nerd now, but he studied Oriental uh, languages at Oxford. He's meant to have done. And how do you know? Because Sean Sean Connery goes, you forget, I studied Oriental languages at Oxford. That's Sean Connery, by the way. That's very good. Thank you. (laughs) I, I could do Roger Moore. Oh, go on. Uh, Roger Moore. Hello, Miss Moneypenny. It's like being on Zoom with him. Oh, is it? <laughs> Who can on, you Andy, do, Andy? Andy, your turn. You no, George I Lazenby. No, no, I, 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 I never mind. I'll do my accent tomorrow, Simon, when I perhaps see you. Do you know what I mean? Or another day. My accent's just come out borderline racist. So, uh, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. Just going back to the, obviously, um, it was Anthony Sinclair who was the, the tailor. And I, I did hear that story that um, George Lazenby, he, when he went for the interview, he actually wore an, an Anthony Sinclair suit, you know, mm. just so he, he got the part. It's, again, the reason I was mentioning the Oxbridge thing is because, again, it's, it's interesting the clothes that Bond wears sets him apart. And, and we are meant to, you know, clothes and music thing on this podcast. But the idea is 
you know, again, getting back to this Beatles book that I've read, it's interesting how everybody was still aspiring. They wanted to look their best. And yeah. by Bond being his best, that's enough that when you... And the same with Kane when we were talking earlier. They walk into a room, it's like, I am here. You know, mm. it's like you were saying about when, when we're doing Get Carter one. You were saying about that kind of, you're, own, you're going round a room. You know, and I, I just, I just find that really intriguing. That um, say perhaps on modern day years, let's say if you watched, I don't know, something like Fast and Furious, the clothes are not even important. No. You know, no. it's like you look at Daniel Craig, and I think it's Quantum of Solace. He's in the middle of the desert wearing a barracuda, and it looks absolutely haggard, but he still looks mm. really cool and smart in it because it's a barracuda. Mm. Mm. And he's James Bond. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really good. All three films, I think, are brilliant. And and I, I think, you know, the, the clothing is really important in all three of them. So I think, I think all three of them, if you if you kind of, if you had, if we took, took it this way, if we had a 16-year-old guy and he said, what is mod? I don't know if Brent Graffiti is mod, but, but I would sooner show him all three films that we've just talked about dare I say this, than just make him watch Quadrophenia. Because mm. I think if he was yeah, Quadrophenia, yeah. he would kind of just think it's all about fighting, which is, you know, and, yeah. and it's, you know, it is, is it? Uh... You imagine in 1962, uh, if you went to see Doctor No, and you were a mod, and you'd look at Sean Connery and, and look at the clothes, you'd go, wow, that's, that's who I want to be, you know, because I think fashion is influenced by music and, and TV and films. So, you know, seeing that for the first time on the screen, or even 19, I think it's 68 with the um, Italian job, even seeing Michael Caine, you think, oh, that's, I want a, a suede jacket like his, or, you know, I want a, you know, shirt and tie that matches. Mm. They, they're massive, massive influences. I mean, we have influencers now, don't we, on uh, Instagram. Uh, but, you know, the, the, these stars would have been the influencers back in the day. Yes, in, in the same Definitely. way that Peaky Blinders has been picked up on by a lot of people, you know, it's a it's a it's a thing, and I think that happens every now. American Graffiti apparently spawned a, a rock and roll revival. There was sort of one happening in the UK already. Hence, bands like Shawadi Wadi, you know, and mm. whatever you might think of them, they, they satisfied a desire. I think all three films echo the, the kind of the mod thing and the stuff and style that us three love, and so that's goodbye from me. Goodbye. Goodbye from me as well. Thank you for tuning in to Dedicated Followers of Fashion, starring Andrew Lindsay, Simon Parr, and me, Tom Hoy. Remember, you can find us on Instagram at Dedicated Followers of Fashion, and you can email us to request anything you'd like for us to talk about at dedicatedfollowerspodcast at gmail.com. 